Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jersey Joe Corner. It is brought to you by Big Heads Media. It is going to be a great hockey season uh, coming right up. A lot of interesting things. Uh, Anchor.fm will help you uh, start your podcast and get things rolling. It's going to be a lot smoother when you uh, when you get the Anchor app, and it's so much easier to navigate. Even their online website at Anchor.fm is very efficient, and you can do a lot of great things with it. With the first pick overall, the New Jersey Devils are proud to select from the U.S. program, Jack Hughes. Well, welcome to part two, Duncan. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Joe? Doing good. You? Yeah, great. Thank you. Sorry about that volume yeah, no lie. So anyways, um, so anyways, sorry for the delay. It's just been one of those days where Jimmy Murphy decides to uh, kind of break some news, which is not quite official. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's that time of year where everything is kind of up in the air. So... When it comes to the way that uh, Damon Severson could possibly be bringing us some uh, – uh, it seems like we talked about just the 2019 team just briefly. Uh, now, how do you think, you know, with three possible first-rounders and maybe another first-rounder, maybe second or third – for a guy like Severson. Yeah, I, I, I'd honestly be kind of surprised if Severson ended up moving, to be honest. Um, when you think about the sort of moves that the Devils would be making, um, you know, you'd think someone of Severson's age would be part of the group that they'd want to keep. But at the same time, it's, it seems like the Devils are making whatever moves they can to kind of re- reboot and reset things. Um, and if trading Severson for picks or prospects, that maybe you move to pick up other NHL-ready players is the way to go forward, then, you know, I, I've been wrong before. But I, I'm a little skeptical on the Severson thing. But at the same time, even if he's moved for futures, you can always move those futures for <coughs> NHL-ready talent. And so um, it, just over Sunday, we had two big trades that – Tommy Fitzgerald was very uh, productive in uh, doing. He got Andy Green traded for a 2021 second rounder, and you got a David Quenville uh, thrown in there. And then you trade Blake Coleman, you get uh, possibly a 2020 or a 2021 uh, Vancouver first and a JT Miller trade. And then 
you get um, Nolan Foote. So you were just watching Jamie Drysdale. Can you tell us more about Drysdale and Nolan Foote? Because, you know, you have uh, watched the CHL games and mm-hmm. Hockey Canada games. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. Um, both really interesting players. Nolan Foote was a first rounder uh, selected by the Tampa Bay Lightning. He's a big guy, which I think people will be excited about. <coughs> and he's also a pretty unique um, prospect in the double system in that he's, you know, a true power forward. He has an amazing shot. Um, and he, he likes to play. We don't really have a lot of those guys. At least in um, he, he's, you know, his high upside is, is with his offensive ability, um, his ability to drive the play physically and just play it himself in front of the net. Um, so he, yeah, he's going to be one to watch for sure. Um, <coughs> the only, but he hasn't necessarily put up the WHL. I think he's been on a pretty bad Kelowna Rockets team, and I think he just hired the head coach. Also, father. That's a bit awkward. Um, but high end prospect. And it seems like the way that um, Tommy Fitzgerald is. Uh, kind of like you said, resetting the tone and building up a pipeline and getting the younger guys up. You know, Colton White took over uh, Andy Green's spot or one of the open spots on the team. I thought he was going to make the uh, the roster in the training camp. Uh, so we got Ty Smith coming up uh, next season. Um, who are some guys that uh, we should be looking forward to uh, with a June draft? I mean. Jim and I were just talking about it um, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we have the Vancouver uh, pick for 2020, because it seems like, you know, Wayne Simmons could be going there anytime soon. Um, wh- what is your hypothetical uh, first round selections? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a couple pieces that need to fall into place to, to make like a really educated uh, guess at that. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of interesting names. You mentioned Jamie Drysdale. Um, he's someone that I actually just saw a couple of days ago because um, the Erie Otters came into town into Mississauga. Um, really smooth, skating defenseman. Extremely efficient. A really nice, accurate. Um, he's one of those guys that, you know, three to six, seven range. So, assuming the Devils don't win the lottery, we can kind of assume that they're going to be picking around, you know, number three, four, five, six um, in that area. Jamie Drysdale is the only defenseman um, that deserves to make competition. Could be a really spectacular pick um, with the Devils' first selection, the Devils' own pick. Um, if they feel like the defenseman is the best possible choice. But there is a, a nice group of, I would say, three to four forward prospects that could go between three and six. That would also be an, an amazing choice. My preference at this point in the year would probably be for Marco Rossi. Um, he plays for the Ottawa 67s, so we know the doubles will have seen lots of Rossi because I swear half that team is double prospects. Um, he is just an amazingly gifted uh, forward prospect. He plays center. Um, he's often the Ottawa 67's best offensive player. He's usually their best defensive player as well. Um, he dominates on the face-offs. He'll kill and start play. 
he's currently for the the scoring title in the OHL, um, if not the CHL entirely. So he has basically every tool. He's a bit of a guy. He doesn't play like um, if I was to use, you know, one forward prospect and one defensive prospect to, to really look at. And likely Marco Ross. Uh, so there's, there's a variety of European skaters as well. So but I, I certainly like the European skaters in this year's draft. Uh, I'm not crazy about Anton Lundell. Sure. Um, I do. Okay, so uh, Jim and I both agreed on Sunday. Well, we're eventually going to release our uh, – I want all the Devils podcasts to do a uh, their mock draft of the first round and mm-hmm. see who they would – select and put in those spots um, by uh, June's end for, for the upcoming draft in uh, Montreal. Uh, for me, if it's not Jamie Drysdale, uh, I would certainly get Marco Rossi. He seems to be like the Austrian version of uh, Nico Heischer, but he seems mm-hmm. to have a little bit more speed, a little bit more uh, like physical play around the net in uh in enemy territory. Um, if we do get that 14 through 20, mm-hmm. I'm kind of predicting that we get maybe not William Wallander, but I do think like a, a, a Caden Gould or a, a Jack Quinn type mm-hmm. player would be in that spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so, Jack Quinn's a really interesting player. Uh, the defensemen you mentioned as well are, are really nice, but I feel like after like maybe the, the 10 to 12 spot, there's a chunk of like, 10 or 15 players that would all be really good choices. Um, I like the guy another Ottawa 67 pick. Um, so, I mean, potentially we could have another two 67s at the end of the draft, um, at least on the first day on Friday. But, yeah, Quinn's an interesting choice. He's really kind of blown up this year. Uh, he's someone that's really benefited from the injury of Graham Clark. Um, a potential 50 goal score for the 67s as he's been injured that goal on the 67. And and I I certainly I know this seems like a little bit of a stretch pick. I mean for a, a late first round pick if uh, Vancouver does you know solidify their spot um, in the playoffs. <laughs> I actually I like London Knights uh, center winger uh, Antonio Strange. To me, yeah. he reminds me of uh, Brad Marchand with the uh, like, with like that electric, hard nose play, you know, in the high. Uh, like he he brings a lot of energy, you know, meat not exactly meat and potatoes, but he does a little bit of skill and meat and potatoes play, brings a lot of excitement on a on a high energy line, and you certainly want to have that for uh, a Devils roster that needs that kind of flair. And... Yeah, yeah, he's a really interesting prospect. If, um, if anyone listening has ever seen clips of him, you'll know this. But the way he skates is just—he's probably one of the best four-way skaters in the draft. The way he uses his edges, um, some of the the moves he makes are just bonkers. Like, he, he almost looks like an alien out there on the ice. Uh, the, the way <laughs> he's able to to kind of navigate around, and sometimes. Yeah, um, you know, honestly, can't go wrong with you that one tonight. The first development. Um, yeah, I, I think that could be a, another one. One player I think would be a really interesting choice is Jan Misak. Misak. Um, who Jan Misak? 
yeah, from uh, for the Bulldogs, the Czech League, yeah, to play for the Hamilton Bulldogs, and has just absolutely dominated. Um, really talented player. He's got a wicked shot. <coughs> Someone, yeah, he's gonna be shooting. As more and more, gonna see him. I I saw a little bit of him because I was watching the game in uh, on TV while he was playing in Ustrava, uh, mm-hmm. defeating the Russians on the opening game. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Mishak's uh, game as a forward and on the defensive side? If the, if you can get any uh, intel, yeah, like he's basically fearless as far as I can tell. Like he's the sort of player that goes you know full speed, uh, is afraid. Um, he's got and he's able to see that as a player. Um, maybe a mile good that has the uh, and so I kind of lost you there can you sum up a little bit of that um, because a little bit of the signal I know the signal has been a little odd today sure yeah yeah he's just he's a complete player um, he has kind of the north-south speed and, and the hands go along with it. And he's, he's relatively fearless when it comes to, to, you know, moving in from the perimeter into the center of the ice to make plays. He's really shown a lot of talent um, and strength in the OHL so far this year. And so who does he remind you of when you watch him play that perimeter game and that fearless play? Hmm. That's, a, that's a tough one. I don't know if a, a – a comparable really jumps off the page. Um, hmm. Or is he just his own breed? Yeah, I mean, maybe. I I think the way he can um, he can defend, you know, physical play. Like if he's kind of stuck low in the zone against the boards, he does a bit of what Jesper Bratt is good at doing in in terms of uh, using his lower body strength to to push people off and uh, and using his quickness to escape. He's got a bit of that to his game, so so maybe that's a decent comparable. And so, um, with uh, the future in Tommy Fitzgerald's hands, um, mm-hmm. do you see him not only being uh, promoted to full time? Do you also see guys like Gates Orlando, the DOA, and Paul Castron staying on and keeping majority of the uh, the Devils uh, scouts? Uh, for the amateur scouting and some of the pro scouts uh, that would help build the team. But also do you see he could add some people of his own that could improve the overall outlook uh, from 2020 through the next several years, if he is the full-time GM of the devils? Yeah, that's a a great question, Joe. Um, Hard to answer. Uh, (laughs) uh, It, thing is like what we've seen from him so far i think are two trades that that did a lot to bring value into the organization i think the blake coleman trade um, might be tough to swallow for a lot of fans but i think there's no arguing that the return was good um, it's an open question whether the devils actually used those picks um at the draft or if they trade them for more already now. Um, but he's done a good job uh, if the mandate gives him 
Um, so I, I'd say there's a good chance he's the guy. The question of whether you know, he's Orlando or Paul Kavanaugh can pass on is, I think, a bit more complicated. It's not like Chris Carroll has been a game before and he has actually trusted people that he can play someone. He's really starting from scratch. Or he's starting from a place of knowing someone who trusts Orlando. Um, and I want to. So yeah, I want to. So I want to elaborate on uh, that 2021 second round pick. So let, let's think about how some teams get very cap strapped, and uh, mm-hmm. we're not going to pull off a PK Subban, but we're going to get a younger guy. Mm-hmm. Let's let's let, let's think along that trajectory. You know, Matthew Dumbo has been rumored. Uh, mm-hmm. You also have the Blue Jackets been mentioned before. Uh, Zach Varensky is one of those guys that Castron helped helped draft over the years mm-hmm. in Columbus. Casper uh, Kapanen, uh, a winger who could possibly replace Kyle Paul Mary in a trade. Um, do you see any of those uh, players um, in a deal like that? Yeah, I, I think of all the ones you mentioned, Wierenski would be the least likely to move. I feel like he's kind of a cornerstone um, but in terms of the others, you know, potentially, it, it all comes down to price and availability and, and competition. Um, a, a couple other names I would probably throw into that group. Um, I've I've heard a lot of talk about Andre Kasha from the Anaheim Ducks. He was actually on my list of, of dream targets last summer, um, but he wasn't moved. As well as Kevin LeBanc um, from San Jose, who signed a sweetheart deal. Um, and, you know, San Jose doesn't have a first-round pick this year. They're in a really bad spot in terms of cap and age and, uh, and draft picks. So I think there could definitely be a deal made around one of those two wingers uh, to come into the organization. Or, and that's the sort of player that's kind of like the Kyle Palmer. That could do well trade would accomplish and and there's been a and you talked about the palm palm mary name Mm -hmm. and um there's been a lot of injuries as of lately Mm -hmm. um we've seen that the maple leafs have a bit of their own problems right Mm -hmm. now with injuries uh jeremy brocco was held out uh in the minor league game Mm -hmm. uh do you see brocco in a package and maybe other players and assets uh, in play uh, by Monday? Maybe, yeah. Bracco's kind of been that, you know, every team has that, that one prospect that gets thrown into every trade proposal. Uh, the Maple Leafs have Kasperi Kapanen, of course, but Bracco is, for, for Toronto fans, Bracco is the one prospect that they're willing to give up for anything, basically. He's, he's an amazing AHL player not it's it's kind of an open question as to whether he has the skill and two-way game to really make it in the NHL. So for them that's kind of like the throw in high offensive talent, questionable defense prospect that they'd be willing to give up. I could see them doing it. I'm not sure as to the specifics of why Bracco set out today's game with Binghamton Devils. Sometimes, you know, there's like a, a, a flu or a sickness or sometimes it's precautionary reasons. Um, but maybe for sure. Um, but yeah, there's definitely lots of people that are in play, but as you mentioned, because of injury, before, there's and, 
and, and it seems like with the way that um, the the team has been trying to get younger as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about Kevin LeBanc yeah. uh, from San Jose. He's from the tri-state area, mm-hmm. you know, New York, like greater Staten Island, greater Hudson County, New Jersey area. Yeah. So uh, for a guy like him, you know, uh, Steve Corneanos talked about how good of a pick he was for San Jose and San Jose had a, had a good uh, playoff run with him. Uh, do you think his style of play, that that mainly high-danger zone intensity scoring and physical play along the boards translates to the uh, to the New Jersey double style of play that Tommy Fitzgerald or whoever will take over the helm would fit? Absolutely, yeah. Um, it, it's it. He was also on my list this summer. Like this summer, I put together a bunch of names for trade targets to improve the top six <laughs> forwards for the Devils. And I'll just go through the names quickly, but I'll jump into LeBanc specifically. The first was Jason Zucker, who we just saw traded to Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, the second was Kasperi Kapanen, who he already mentioned as well. But I don't feel like Toronto is really willing to give him up. Um, we talked a bit about Andre Kapanen, who I think would be helpful as well. Um, but Kevin LeBanc uh, was another one of those along with along with Miller, who ended up being traded uh, to Vancouver. But LeBanc is, is really interesting. He's, um, he really does feel like California uh, in the sense that, um, you know, he, he hasn't necessarily had all of the opportunities. Uh, last season, he had 17 goals, 40 assists. Um, his point totals have increased, although he has had a down Um and the Sharks are just kind of like scrapping with this. You know, like he's um, – that, that's a team that doesn't have the first round pick in the year. going to be top five. Um, you know, they, they need to get younger. LeBron is the sort of player that's going to be a little past <coughs> the only and The only problem I have is that like, Cal Clary was less established as a trade for him than LeBron would be. And do you? And my next question is: Do you think Miles Wood could go to uh, could go to a team like San Jose and bring that like big physical, speedy, you know, type game physical player um, that could you know improve them in the West? And and, and the West tends to be a, a big physical uh, run and gun type uh, type hockey conference. We see how big and physical uh the st louis blues were uh last night and in the past year um from forward to uh defense um mm-hmm. what do you think of that possible situation yeah i mean maybe I, it makes sense that that wood might perform a little better in the west given that style of play i don't know about san jose specifically just because like unless miles wood is a smaller piece in a bigger deal that sends, you know, some sort of youth to San Jose, I don't know if they'd be too interested. Like, they're the team that's going to be selling, you know, good players at a decent age for younger talent or futures or picks and prospects, that sort of thing. I see Miles Wood as more of a player that's going to be going to kind of a current contender as kind of like a final kind of depth piece. I don't necessarily see him heading to a team like San Jose that, that might be looking to get basically as young as possible. Uh, 
or w- or would he fit better in a place like Winnipeg, where you know Brian Little is out, but you need to improve that fourth line, and you could bump a guy up to that top yeah, I, two I think- line for for Winnipeg, they're big body. Yeah, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Vancouver. I mean, even like a Boston or or Washington, that sort of thing. Like players, like teams that need that kind of one depth piece that adds a bit of grit and speed uh, to the lineup. I think. And and it seems like you know, with Vancouver in, interested in Wayne Simmons. I know we elaborated on Simmons earlier in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to talk about how the Devils can help their own cause in getting that. Uh, that first round pick from Vancouver to become a 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you th- think if, you know, you put, let's say, I w- I'm just thinking theoretically, you throw in maybe, uh, I'm just thinking of so many things right now. Uh, Wayne Simmons, you throw in maybe an extra early pick uh, from uh, next year in that second round that we got in the trade from uh, the Islanders. Do you think that might sweeten the pot a little bit uh, from Vancouver? They give us someone young and good that could fit the bill. Yeah, I, I think I think it's definitely possible. Um, Vancouver's a team that could use a bit of extra draft capital to, to maybe do another move. Um, yeah, I, I think the, the talk around Simmons has, has dealt with a lot of the defensive prospects that Vancouver has. They're looking at people like Ulevi, Jack Wu, Simmons alone, I don't think he's really worth any of those players. Um, just because, you know, he's more of a death piece, he's going to be a little better. Um, you know, he, he's definitely a nice ad, but I don't know if he's worth, you know, a, a 19 year old prospect. Um, so, yeah, maybe, maybe the uh, pick to that just to sweeten the pot because yeah I don't think Simmons alone gets you one of those guys. Right, and I believe that you know if if Vancouver is really serious and you know Fitzgerald is really uh, feverishly uh, hammering away the text messages and trying to uh, Im- improve the trade offers, especially with um, recent trades uh, in the past few days. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think the prices will soar or drop by Monday? Well, it's it's kind of a it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because the prices have been high. We've seen a recent run on defensemen over the past even like forty-eight hours. Um, so that tells you that prices are high because there is a need. But every trade that happens kind of eliminates another potential option for like a, a Batman, for example. Um, so it, it's a balance of of not lowering your expectations so much that you get taken advantage of but also not waiting so long that you don't have as many suitors and the price drops because of that. Or you get stuck with an expiring contract on a team that isn't competing and you get nothing. Um, so it's, it's really, that's the tricky part for Fitzgerald and other GMs across the league where um, you have to wait long enough to get the price you want, but you don't necessarily know when the optimal time to sell is. Now, he did a good job with Coleman and Green, um, but... You know, with Vatnin and Simmons, it's going to be a balance of waiting to, to make sure that you have as many bids as possible to get the price you want, but not waiting too long. And you don't have the benefit of hindsight um, to tell you when to sell and, and when to hold. So that's that's why that job's so hard, especially this time of year, because there's so much uncertainty. 
and, and and it seems like the stock market's always volatile. You don't know how to play the volatility index. And it seems like Tommy Fitzgerald's been doing just fine managing the volatility index of the NHL trade market. Um, mm-hmm. I do want to elaborate more on um, Sammy Botnin and what he can bring and what kind of draft capital could he possibly bring in and could he bring in maybe a prospect if no one wants to trade uh, an an early round pick uh, for a guy like Vatnin. Yeah, I, I think if you're trading Vatnin for prospects, you're you're getting a good prospect, but not necessarily like a Nolan Foot. A Nolan Foot is someone I think that slots into the Devils system probably as their second best prospect. Um, he kind of jumps right to the top of the list. He has some some tools and pedigree that other prospects don't have. With Vatnin, I think what you're really looking at is like a second round pick and like a B prospect, um, which is still a, a good price. If that second round pick is this year, that solves a big problem for the doubles because um, it, it gives us, um, yeah, it just gives us a second round pick in the draft, which is a good thing to have whether you use it or not. Um, so I think that's kind of the realm at which we're looking. Um, it, it's made more complicated by the fact that he's currently injured. Um, but as people like Elliot Friedman and Pierre Lebrun have mentioned, a team that's trading for a player like Sammy Vatman isn't trading for him tomorrow. They're, 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 what they care about is how he plays. Um, but I don't think the injury has been disclosed in the part of the post. That's not something you can be concerned about longer. Um, I, I don't think it has to be but it does make it. And, and I was just thinking about um, the perfect storm idea for. We have guys like Jesper Bokvist, we have Mikhail Maltsev, we have um, Nolan Foote in the pipeline. Do you think with those two wingers in Bokvist and, of course, now Nolan Foote, do you think come you know preseason, this upcoming season, do you see that um, those two guys can click with Jack Hughes and possibly if Kyle Palmieri is traded – um, who do you think will do a good job re- replacing Kyle Palmieri? Yeah, I mean that's that's the open question because I don't I don't know if there's anyone on the team currently that could step in and replace his goal scoring ability next year. <laughs> now I think Bokefist and Nolan Foot have the potential to add that kind of offensive punch, you know, within the next three years. Um, but I'm not sure they're necessarily ready now. Um, that's where that's where you think that the doubles might use some of those extra first round picks, um, especially if Palmieri's traded uh, to go and land a Kevin LeBanc or uh, an Andre Kasha or or someone within that kind of you know 23 to 26 age range that's able to step up into a bigger role, so that a Bokefist doesn't have to, to take necessarily top line minutes or anything like that. He can slot into the lineup and be sheltered a little bit because, I mean, he's been dynamite in the AHL since he's been sent down, but he's still young. He's still adjusting and you don't want to burn out those prospects too soon or place too much of a burden on them. Um, so I, I think, I think those are both players that could absolutely, you know, get a shot at the roster next season, but Fitzgerald's job this summer is going to be, rebuilding some of that depth that he straighted away so that those prospects are given the best possible chance to succeed. Because just dumping them in to the top six without support 
um, is not going to be great for their game. And it seems like um, with the way that the Devils have captured some early assets and stuff like that in upcoming drafts, um, we also got to think about how um, how Tom Fitzgerald could uh, fix the coach, how the coaching situation um, could possibly uh, attract and you know connect with certain players. Are mm-hmm. there are there certain people? I don't want to exactly throw names in your mouth, but um, I know Patrick Aliash's name has been mentioned. I know Scott Stevens been possible for a. Uh, assistant coach type role. Um, who, who are some other guys that you think that would be just the right fit? I mean, you know, nothing that would do like a John Hines or nothing against Nazardine, but uh, sure. I, I think we could do better than Nazardine at this point. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Like, you know, it, I'm not sure how different we could expect Nazarene's coaching to be. I know people were optimistic in the first kind of portion of his tenure, but I think that really came down to goaltending. Um, and Mackenzie Blackwood was lights out for a short period of time um, immediately after um, John Hines was fired. So I, I think we will be looking at hiring an external coach. I, I think that's pretty much a sure thing at this point. Nothing again against uh, Nazarene. He's, he's definitely going to get another shot. Um, but I think the Devils will be looking outside the organization for this. There are three coaches that I think um, deserve legitimate looks by the Devils. The tricky part is, you know, you usually want to hire the general manager first and then allow that person to hire their guy or girl. Um, I, I think at this point, you know, let's assume Fitzgerald gets the job because he's handling it well. Um, I think you should get at least three people. Um, you know, but the list. Uh, I think Bruce Boudreau would be a really profile. He's a coach that got fired because his, his goalies were bad. Um, usually that's the case. Um, he's a player coach that has been improved like, consistently for the past you know, forever, basically. Um, he's not necessarily the best offensively minded coach, but he's really good at creating um, on top of that, you got guys like Peter Laviolette um, and Gerard Gallant, who upgrade a pretty young and I'm 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 more of a fan. I, nothing against uh, Peter Laviolette. I know after all those years versus uh, the Flyers and watching him coach for uh, the Nashville Predators. I mean, he always had a very serious uh, style of coaching. And mm-hmm. like guys like uh, Scotty Hartnell and, um, you know, Wayne Simmons did very well with him. You know, um, m- most of the time it was just basically uh, Philadelphia as Flyers players. But it seemed like things were a little bit different in Nashville after their, uh, their serious uh, cup runs, playoff runs. Um mm-hmm. But I honestly, I'm I'm more into Gerard Gallant at this point because in recent years, from from getting a uh, a team that's started as uh, just as an expansion team, I didn't expect them, you know, to go all the way to the Stanley Cup and be close to clinching. But mm-hmm. uh, I do like how he has worked with guys like Nate Schmidt and 
William Carlson, and I think he could do wonders for guys like Jack Hughes and Nico Heischer, and maybe Jesper Bokvist, and maybe um, other guys on the Devils' uh, forwards and defense, and maybe work out the goalie situation. Mm. Yeah, I, I think he'd be a great choice. Um, I think personally my preference would be for Bruce Boudreau at this point. I think he would drool at the thought of working with a player like Nico Heischer. Um, but again, this is it's it's kind of academic because uh, the reality is I think you hire the GM first and the GM picks their person. So um, both good choices. I think there's also you know other other talent you could look at either assistants across the league, um, coaches from Europe. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting question. Yeah, you, know, you just bring their own coach to the game, and that that'll tell us what kind of direction. And, uh, and, you, and you just mentioned coaches from Europe. Um, yeah. One comes to mind in Ricard Grunberg, and right. I want to elaborate on him a little bit quick because by 5 p.m. we're both wrapping it up. Um, sure. it's, he happens to have a really good way of connecting with guys uh, from the Swedish, uh, you know, NHL teams. You know, you, you got like William Nylander, uh just a name, one name that he's really come to grow a certain player's uh, style and Kasperi mm-hmm. Kapanen. And then he has a really good, uh, I want to believe his uh, use of analytics has really benefited him. And I saw that from an ath- uh, the athletic article. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think he could also be a good fit? I think so. I'm going I'm to be honest. I don't know that much about him. I know Devils fans have been talking about him since this season. Uh, went into the trash. Uh, from what I understand, he does have another year on his contract, so that might complicate things a bit. Um, but from people I trust, people whose opinion I trust, really like him. So that, that to me, at least makes me open to it. Um, I'm just not too, too familiar with his work. But yeah, that's another name that comes up quite often. Uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of how that goes. And so it seems like with the last five minutes, we can touch off on um, possible teams that um, certain doubles players could be linked to. Mm-hmm. And who do you think, uh, you know, with guys like, um, I want to just think about just about everyone not named Heisher Hughes and Blackwood being uh, mentioned to um, be traded away or, you know, open to offers. Who do you think any of those players that we haven't mentioned uh, get moved? Yeah. Well, I mean, we saw some rumors just before we jumped on this call about Damon Severson. Uh, you know, who's a young, cost-controlled, puck-moving defenseman. Um, and the rumors linked them to places like Edmonton uh, in Toronto uh, and maybe even Carolina. Um that would be a player that I'd be a bit surprised to see moved, but that's those are definitely um, a few places that might make sense for that. My question is more around Sammy Vatman, you know, who, who we talked about for sure. Um, but I think maybe the the destination that made the most sense for me in my mind was probably Las Vegas uh, with the Golden Knights, uh, but they recently made a move for Martinez from the Los Angeles Kings. Um, so at this point, I'm not like I'm not entirely confident about where that. Oh, do you have a thought on that? 
maybe unless there's another injury out there on the defensive end, this this seems to be the time of year where historically that you know players get physically torn down internally, and I don't mean about Jay Bomeister. I mean Bomeister got replaced by Scandala for that trade mm-hmm. from Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think? Speak of uh, Scandala and uh, and the other defensive trade like Martinez. Do you think that kind of bodes well for Vatten in a little bit? Yeah, I mean, th- there there are certain players that you, you know. You, you look at Andy Green. That to me reminds me of Ryan last year, who also got a second round pick. Um, but I'm not sure there was. More than- <laughs> willing to give a second-round pick for either Boyle or Green, right? Like, the, the relationship with Nashville was good in, in a way that allowed they to do that. Um, and, and Nashville had identified they wanted that play. So that's the price that... And same with, with Lou Lamorello and Andy Green. Like, I don't think any other team would pay for Andy Green. Um, so, you know, Sammy Vatman probably... I think it's still in that second round pick plus give me prospect that range, even though, you know, I think he absolutely gets more value in Ella and maybe um, but there are certain things about you know, those are the good teams like their guys, but I don't think necessarily skyrockets back in the Like I don't know But it possibly sets the the, the value. No yeah. higher, yeah. And and so um, it's. I want to say it's a little bit under two minutes to go for you. Um, do you want to plug in anything uh, going forward, and where people can find more of the work? And uh, also, you said you were recording a a podcast earlier on Devils in the Details. Um, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, thanks, Joe, for having me. One, one last thing about Martinez. He does have an extra year in his contract, so he's not a rental. So, I mean, that that impacts the price. But for sure, I, I really appreciate you uh, having me on the podcast, not only once, but twice. It's, it's really Thank fun you. to come on and chat. Um, yeah. As you mentioned, I, I am the co-host of the Devils in the Details podcast. Um, I record that with my, with my buddy Ian, who's a great um, you know, talent evaluator and, and scout. We have a lot of fun chatting about hockey and all sorts of other random things that aren't necessarily related to hockey. Um, if you're interested in learning more, you can visit devilsinthedetails.net or look up Devils in the Details on like Spotify, SoundCloud, basically anywhere you find podcasts. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at DuncanMRF um, you know, to find up-to-date news on, on the Devils and, and random thoughts. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate the chance to come on and chat with you, Joe. Thank you so much for such short notice. I know that um, it's been kind of a whirlwind day where um, I thought Jim would have come on, but it seems with, you know, he's been talking to our anonymous source um, mm-hmm. behind the scenes. It's just, um, I just had to make sure that um, we had to amend things a little bit quicker. I mean, quicker and mm-hmm. be a little bit more swift about it. And um, if anything breaks, um, I certainly will be asking your opinion again uh, on that uh, perspective, especially you have the CHL side of things and you did a good job uh, telling us about Rossi foot and a couple other guys that um, on the draft side is very integral to this upcoming June. And I mm-hmm. certainly would like to do a, uh, 
a collaborative uh, mock draft uh, right in before June and you know at and in June the week uh, before the draft. So yeah, for sure, I think that'd be fun. I would like to welcome on all the other doubles podcasters uh, on to do that. That's a challenge for everyone, and uh, it's good to get everyone's brains thinking, and uh, mm-hmm. so that we don't lose our sanity and uh, educate. <laughs> <laughs> the devil's universe not to be like, oh, this and that BS and, you know. For sure. But we got to bring sanity and not insanity. But um, yeah. anyways, thank you guys uh, for and gals for listening. Um, this is the this is your host, Jersey Joe, from the Jersey Joe Corner. And Duncan. Yeah. Yeah. Duncan. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for having me. You're welcome. Have right, a great day. Right.